0: You nines who cared enough about our relationship to hold my feet to the <laughs> fire if i didn't honor it well and i i love you for a lot of things but <laughs> i might love you for that the most because i know how hard that is for anybody to do but especially a nine yes definitely so what i want us to talk about is relationships mostly because i've got a book coming out soon about relationships, and I want to set the table for that, and have people be thinking about relationships before they get the book. Because I think when people read an Enneagram book of any kind, they kind of take to more of it than they should you, early mm-hmm. on. You know, it's mm-hmm. like that. Once you know that it knows you, there's kind of a change in how you discern mm-hmm. things. So I um, just want you to know that I think the greatest number. In terms of the Enneagram number, the highest percentage of the population globally is sixes. And after that, I think it's nine. So you represent yeah. lots of folks today.
1: Right, right. Yes, that's a, that feels a little challenging yeah. now that you put that <laughs> in perspective again. I think you can handle it. <laughs> all right,
0: so first of all, uh, tell everybody what you're doing professionally, what you have done, okay. uh, and a little bit about you so they kind of know where we are.
1: Sure. So I... Have left, just recently left healthcare after being in healthcare for about uh, 13 years, 13, 14 years. Made a jump from being at one organization for 10 plus years and went to a really small organization thinking that was going to be just a fantastic fit. And it turned out that that wasn't the case. And so, you know, I took that time to. Really spend some time figuring out what it is that I want to do and what it is that I love and what brings me energy. I was a little surprised that that didn't keep me in healthcare, but I ended up starting my own business, helping people in in their homes and their businesses organize um, their physical space, um, which in turn ends up helping organized more beyond just the physical space, but, you know, a lot comes with that, and I am loving what I do every single day, and that's a very exciting place to be in.
0: That makes me
1: happy. Yes, me too.
0: So would you say that that's your big one wing that's helping you um, do
1: that? Pro- probably. I, I guess it, it is. Uh, you know, I think that I've probably, over time, found that being organized helps me keep on top of things and sure. keeps track of things. Sure. So maybe I've just found that to be helpful in my own life. And so I've just continued to, to always be that way. But even, I mean, even as a kid, I had one of my best friends who we loved school supplies. We loved organizing things at the house. We loved playing, you know, games that were really organized and our moms would laugh at us and, you know, for, for both doing, doing those things So I think that it's always been there, just that love for it, um, for being organized. But I think the, you know, the, the exciting part of it is, is that it's, you know, I work a lot on my own in doing this work, but I'm also, it is, it is relational too, because you're in someone's home or in someone's, um, you know, business, helping them, which can be, you know, feel a little compromising in a way. So um, it's been good for, for both of those pieces, being able to kind of work and do my own thing and then also to, to really have those um, interactions with people as well. It's um, very intimate. It, it is, yes, yes.
0: So it's so interesting to me. I, I, of course, knew before right now that that's what you were doing, and I've thought about it a yeah. lot. And I would have never said, oh, Jill. Right. I think you should try this. Mm -hmm. But as I've thought about it, nines are the least controlling Mm -hmm. of all the numbers and in many ways the least judgmental. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it just gives you the perfect temperament for people to be able to have you in their home and in their business and in their papers. Yeah. Helping them with their stuff Mm -hmm. and admitting their own inability to do it just by inviting you in Mm -hmm. so what does that feel like relationally that's Mm -hmm. the first question Mm -hmm. and what does it call for from you that you kind of didn't know you had like what are you showing up with where you go Mm -hmm. oh look look at me do that
1: Mm -hmm. you know I think relationally um I agree that it I've had these conversations with people I've worked with and just my friends about what it is that I'm doing now that you do have to be trusting to show up and for someone to allow you to come into their own space and to help them with these things that are intimate. And of, of course, I mean, I, I do I, I wouldn't show up and not be trustworthy with with a friend or someone that I don't even know that you know, that I'm just now meeting. Um, so I think just, from the very beginning of if it's meeting someone new it's just showing up and kind of being present to them and letting them speak and kind of getting gaining that trust just through conversation at first and making sure that i'm following through with things or questions that they ask the first time we meet and i i found that just doing that it's very quickly that they truly, I mean, it seems that they just intuitively, I'm feeling that, that they just trust me to, to be in their, be in their things, be in their, in their business. So it it is a little surprising that people, I guess, kind of easily allow that, but I I, I guess it is because I, I am trustworthy. And I think, like you said, nines would be, you know, probably one of maybe the few Enneagram numbers that could show up and do that really non-judgmentally. I mean, yeah. truly, I show up and it is about doing doing a job. I I don't really think about what I'm lo- I think about what I'm looking at per se. I mean, I think about well, well where does this go? Like in a certain category um, versus you know what is this? Let me read the details of it. What is this? How does this? play into their life. That's not what I'm thinking about. It's, you know, That is just so make them what I would be thinking about. I know, right. It's crazy. Right. Yes, yes. I mean, okay, now I
0: don't need you to answer this a certain way. Okay. Like, I, I don't have an expectation of, of your answer. Okay. And every answer is okay with me. Do you think you would have ever gone into business for yourself mm-hmm. doing something like this if you didn't know the Enneagram?
1: Mmm. Um, gosh. I don't think I would have done a lot of things if I didn't know the Enneagram, but no, I probably don't. O- honestly, I don't think I would have left the organization that I'd been at for 10 plus years without knowing the Enneagram. I think I would have stayed there because it was comfortable. It was easy. I was, you know, it, I, I had a great job. I was in you know, a great position, worked with fantastic people, you know, enjoyed what I did for the most part. So you know, I think, you know, in, in your teaching, and I think pretty commonly for nines, that if they're in a job where they, you know, they're, they're fine, it's nothing is super, super challenging or conflictual, then they'll stay. They'll stay because it just works. Yeah. You know, you just kind of get in a groove, it's easy, and you just stay. So I think if I didn't know the Enneagram, I wouldn't have jumped ship and gone to another organization that really did feel risky. And, you know, and then quickly was true to myself to say, this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. This isn't working for me. And here are the reasons why. And let me choose what is going to work for me. So I, no, I don't think that I would have done anything different, especially go start my own business if I didn't know the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. I want to talk to you about relationships. Yes. Yes. Actually, I want you to talk to me about relationships. Okay. (laughs) And the reason I am so excited to have you on the podcast is because I've known you and walked beside you while you have been very intentional about relationship work. Very intentional about defining yourself in relationships what you have to bring, what you don't, lots of intentionality and all that. And you are so enneagram wise you can articulate that well.
1: Yeah, I think um, nines in in any relationship, uh, you know, I was thinking about this and coming into, you know, being on the podcast and talking about relationships and really thinking about what that has looked like throughout my life. And I think that it's so easy for well i think that sloth plays out in relationships for nines and really i read just recently of that being defined as like just going on autopilot in mm-hmm. in life and and i think that that has has been so true in in relationships in any relationship you know throughout my life where it's like you just you just kind of take the path of least resistance and just show up and It be easy and nines are easy going and we just go with the flow we go with things and in that if we're not really careful and really diligent we just we can lose ourselves um, because we just allow others to i would because others generally will show up more strongly than than me as a nine. i just allow that to be the case and let them take over Um, the situation or the relationship really, because Mm. that's easy. It's easy. Mm. I mean, you can just kind of, you know, grab along and and go for the ride with someone else in in a relationship. Um,
0: Is it easy till it isn't?
1: It's easy till it isn't. Yes. Yep. It's easy. And for me, I, I don't think I even knew that I operated that way or that's the way that I, you know, had lived my life and just in any friendship any relationship until you know i found myself in a found myself in a place where I, i a relationship that i was in ended i this is how i define what what i felt like um where the place where i was was that i felt like i was a shell of a person like i just i existed and was walking through life doing life doing life mm-hmm.
0: or the shell of doing
1: the, sh- life. the shell of do- yeah. yes the shell of doing life yes on autopilot mm-hmm. and and I didn't know who I was I didn't know I didn't know you know what I wanted I didn't know what my goals were I didn't did you not know
0: who you were because you had merged with the person you were in a relationship with
1: yes a- always Always. In any, any relationship, you know, thinking family, thinking friendships, intimate relationships, anything. Yes, just merged and, you know, went right along with things. And so then, you know, I found myself. When you
0: myself, do that, when mm-hmm. you do that as a nine, what does it feel like? When you merge with somebody, like, are you thinking, Yeah, I'll do this. I, I kind of wish you were doing something else, but I'm I'm okay to do this. Or do you lose the connection to what you would To wishing you were doing
1: something else? Um, I think it depends. I think it can be either. If if I feel, which would be more of a rarity, that I feel really strongly about something. Mm -hmm. Like I really want to do something. And then, well, someone else feels stronger that we do something else and I go along with it. You know, there may be a little, you know, regret that I didn't speak up more and you know make sure that my voice was heard and that we did did what i wanted this time but i would say more often than not i I truly those i just merge right along and end up that with whatever we decided that being what i want to do and that can be a great thing
0: and is that without regret then
1: yes yeah i think a lot of the times it can be without regret because I'm not so tied to whatever it is I wanted to do in the beginning as a nine.
0: So what do you wish people that you've been in relationship with who allowed you to merge with them, mm-hmm. do you wish they had said, what do you want to do? Or do you wish they had said, are you sure you want to do that? Or do you wish they had been more aggressive in coming after what you might want?
1: Yes. I think that's, I think that's very helpful for people to be mindful of in Mm -hmm. relationships Mm -hmm. with nine. So yes, for me, I wish that one, I think people would have been more aware that that was even the case. I think that people just dismiss it or don't even know that, or maybe they do. And I'm just blind to the fact that they don't, they, they don't know that I'm just merging and going along with because it just makes it easy. So one, I wish that they knew that. So maybe that's helpful for people to know that nines are just going along and dismissing what they want to to make sure that there is no conflict and then that they will just go along and be okay with it. So in knowing that, if you know, I wish that people would have made more of an effort to yeah, help me figure out, help me figure out what it is that I really want. Um, Or, you know, as simple as where do you want to go to dinner? I mean, Mm -hmm. simple as that. Or, you know, what what do you really want in a career? Like, it can range from anything, simple to big, of, you know, just kind of help me in that. Be present to me in decisions so that I don't just go along with or go on autopilot.
0: Yeah. When you go along with or go on autopilot, Seems like you're pretty good with that because once you've merged, you've merged. Mm-hmm. When you pop up with, I don't, I don't really want to go there to dinner, or I don't really want to go to Colorado. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe and I figured out that we both we went to Mexico for our honeymoon, mm-hmm. and we both wanted to go to Colorado, <laughs> but we're a nine and a two, and we each thought the other mm-hmm. wanted to go to Mexico, so we ended up in Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you um, after you if you pop up and say Uh, I'd really rather do this, Mm -hmm. does that create anxiety? Mm -hmm. It
1: does. Yes, it definitely does. From as simple as, where do you want to go to dinner? And if someone else says, I really want to go have sushi, and I say, I really have been craving Thai all week, which I know you'd love that. You know, it... I love you so much, I'd go eat Thai (laughs) with you, but I... Oh, not usually. Um... Sorry to all the Thai fans out there. Um,
0: sorry for my behavior.
1: <laughs> right, right. I, I don't even know where we're going. Well, here's where we're going. Uh, sorry.
0: What I'm asking is, if you say, I don't want sushi, I'd really rather have Thai. Yeah. Then does that feel risky to you?
1: Oh, yes, and it does create anxiety in me. Yes. yes. Even as simple as that. And the reason, the reason behind that is... You know, it, it is the fear of conflict, but really what that is, is I I fear any anything that can seemingly be conflictual in my head, whether or not it is in anybody else's head, that I, I fear that it's going to, it's going to damage the relationship in some way. There you go. Because we have, yes, because oh, we have a, food. Yeah, yeah, over Thai food, yeah. right? It's like, well, the relationship may not be the same because I had a different view than they did. Mm-hmm. And I I know how ridiculous that sounds. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I think, well, that, that makes no sense. I mean, of course, me having a different opinion is not going to affect things. Mm-hmm. And yet, that's still how I operate. It's that, that fear, that kind of deeply rooted belief is... Just ingrained in me as a nine.
0: It's fascinating to me how you see the world, mm-hmm. and, and I sometimes think that I'm 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 reactive to it because I'm so much the same in some things. You know, if you love me, I don't care where we eat. Mm-hmm. Or if you will want me, I don't care where we eat. Yeah. So I want to talk for a minute about the unconscious childhood message and the lost childhood message that Rizzo and Hudson mention in the Wisdom of the Ages. And the reason I want to talk about it is, and and for people who don't know, the unconscious message is a message that you picked up in childhood that kind of motivates you, but you don't need to know where you got it. Mm -hmm. And the lost message is a message that you needed that you didn't get. So, you know, I've been teaching for 25 plus years. And I am very familiar with those, and I use them effectively, Mm -hmm. I think. However, I think the number for whom the two messages have been the most costly is nines. Like, I want to be wanted as a two, and that's a big deal, and I don't think it's okay to have my own needs as a two, and that's also a big deal. Mm -hmm. But those two things don't affect everything in my day. Mm -hmm. I think for nines... Your unconscious message, which is it's not okay to assert yourself, and your lost message, which is that you haven't heard that your presence matters. I I think that's the air that you breathe and the water that you swim Mm -hmm. in and the life that you live in literally all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think any other number is as affected by the messages as you are. Mm -hmm. Will you talk about that?
1: Sure. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that it's it is, it's about your presence as a nine. I mean, it is about your being of that your presence doesn't matter. So yes, that does affect, I mean, really every, everything that you do, just waking up that is it, does it matter that I wake up today? Does it matter that I, you know, do the work that I do? So yes, I mean, that really does have an effect um, on me and every other nine, I think, in, in everything that we do, all day, every day. Um, and I think the, the other message plays right into that of it's not okay to assert yourself and that, um, well, why, why would I speak up or, um, you know, voice my opinion when I, real, I there's that belief in me that it's not, that's not okay to even step up and, and do what I feel is mine to do. Um, and then that it doesn't matter anyway, because just showing up and saying something doesn't, it's not really going to make an, it's not going to have an impact. Right. And that can even be on the, the positive side of things of, you know, it's not really going to matter if I reach out and, you know, call someone mm-hmm. on their birthday, mm-hmm. or if I show up to the work party and bring something mm-hmm. or even show up, I mean, it's not going to have an impact positively or negatively. I mean, those are things that I think is a nine. I know I've thought through, and you know you have to step back and and kind of put things in perspective. Of oh, no, okay, it it does mm-hmm. it does matter mm-hmm. because it matters if everyone else does those things. So, so let's talk about what
0: that ha- what does that do to relationships then, from mm-hmm, your perspective. Mm-hmm. If 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 you think your presence doesn't matter to me as a friend. Mm-hmm. Or to somebody that you're in an intimate relationship with. Mm -hmm. And if you think it's not okay to assert yourself, what happens?
1: Well, I think it makes it very, very easy to just go along with. Or, like I said, to go, use that term again, to go on autopilot because.
0: Do you feel loved when you do that? Like, if you. Do you think. Does it feel so safe that it's comforting? Or do you kind of walk around feeling like, oh, I wonder if I said, I don't want to live on this street.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder what that would cost me.
1: I, I do think about what it would cost me if I spoke up and, and said said something like that, voice my opinion. Yes, I mean, and that's where okay. the relationship comes, comes, in. comes in. So what yes. does it
0: cost the relationship if you don't say?
1: I think I'm much more aware of what the fear comes in on the opposite side. I don't, I'm not as aware of losing a relationship because I don't speak up. Mm -hmm. Um, Although I have, because I haven't shown up in relationships, I know that that is a, a factor you know, because when when I don't show up and I don't speak up and I don't assert myself and speak my opinion about yeah. anything little or big, then that's when I, it's who wants to be in relationship with with a shell of a person. Oh, interesting.
0: So... Has anybody in a relationship ever said to you, why didn't you tell me? Why don't you show up? I feel like you don't... I feel like you're not interested. Do you ever get that feedback? or Or... Are people just really thankful to have somebody who just goes along?
1: I think most of the time people are okay to just have someone go along. You know, I've talked
0: for a long time that nines are the easiest number to take advantage of Mm -hmm. and that if you love a nine, it's really your responsibility to Mm -hmm. work on not doing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think you can tell people that? Do you think you could enter into a relationship with somebody and say, you know, I'm not good at speaking up, Mm -hmm. so could you ask me twice? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really don't think my presence matters very much, so I'm going to need you to tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I want to do with the podcast, I certainly have tried to do it in the new book, and one of the things I want to do when I teach is not just say, oh, here are all the problems we have, but I want to say, here are the, some solutions to the problems we mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So uh, for somebody who's listening, who loves a nine, yeah. what would you tell them about those messages that they could do for, with, toward, offer to the nine, that would affect the relationship in a positive way. I
1: I do think being in a relationship, those who are in relationships with nine, yes, being diligent themselves to ask a second time if the 9 says you know let, we'll just we'll just do what, what you want or i don't have an opinion or i don't care you know ask again kind of probe give options of things or say well i'm going to give you some time to think about that because that's really that's really helpful for a 9 because if someone just asks me quickly to answer something honestly, I generally am not going to be able to do it or not do it, not do it honestly. Um, I might come up with an answer, but it's probably not going to be the right answer for me. Like truly what, Mm -hmm. what it is. I think if it's, you know, something important. So for people in relationships with not, I would appreciate this with friends and relationships that I'm in for people to say, this is, this is important. Um, I want to know what you think about this, mm-hmm. or I want you to choose in this decision, make a decision in this. So I want you to think about it. And then let's set up let's set a time, kind of set a deadline to come back and let's talk mm-hmm. about this again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sets some parameters around it for the nine. That's helpful. Otherwise, we just we just just do what's in front of us and we'll just forget that that question was even posed.
0: Okay when a relationship doesn't work. Mm -hmm. How do you respond to that? Like, do you think... So, see, in my space, in two space, if there's a problem in a relationship, I always think it's about me. Mm -hmm. I always think it's my fault. Mm -hmm. But I'm doing and saying and talking and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's your fault when a relationship doesn't work? Or do you see that it's our fault, which, of course, is the truth? Or do you think if only I had...
1: Mm -hmm. generally I would say there's usually that regretful piece from my perspective of if only I had because I do think you you know if if only if if I would have been more if I would have spoken up more or if I would have um, been more present um, then they would have seen something differently or they would have connected more or the relationship would have been more fulfilling or more exciting or whatever it else that's, that seems mm-hmm. like was lacking from the other person's perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yes.
0: So, you know how I say about eights when I'm teaching eights that they don't invite us to be forthcoming, but they want us to be? Mm-hmm. Do, is it a failure on the part of people in relationships with nines that we don't invite you really? To tell us what you need or to tell us what you want or to tell us what you think? Do we do we uh, just take for granted this, oh, well, Jill did not care, so we're going to eat sushi? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, ultimately, I mean, I think everyone's responsible for themselves. Okay. I really do. And that's, you know, that's some of the work that I've done yeah, exactly. of, you know, Jill, you can't just show up and act as if your presence doesn't matter because then that's how it's going to play out and you know you've got to do something differently and figure out for yourself well what does matter to you and work towards that so that you do you by doing those things you end up it's like you're sending that message to yourself that i'm doing something worthwhile or i'm spending time and figuring out what it is about you that that does matter Mm -hmm. Um, so that then you can bring that to the relationship. So you don't look back and say, well, you know, if only if if I had known myself better or if I would have been more, you know, vocal. Um, It's, I think it's great when people in relationship both show up. And I think that's one of the best things about the Enneagram is that you do see the, you know the challenges with each of the numbers. So when you're in relationship with another number, you know where some of their challenges are, mm-hmm. some of their faults. Mm-hmm. So you can help them in that, but ultimately, you know, I can't I can't do anything differently to make you believe that you are needed or wanted That's or true. loved. That's true. I mean, I can That's do some things side. to support mm-hmm. that, yeah. and I think people can do the things That's to good. support me in you know voicing my opinion more or to believe that my presence matters but really it's it's the work of it's the work of the 9 to do that and i think that it takes for me what i found is that it takes really a consistent practice some diligent effort in for me it i have to i have to spend time writing mm-hmm. journaling mm-hmm and i know i've said that you know time and time again cuz otherwise it it's it's just like whatever situation occurred didn't even happen cuz i just move on and don't i don't process things unless i'm i'm writing them i'm journaling about them versus you know others who process things verbally that's yeah. not who i am unless i've written it down and yeah. processed it there then i can come to the table and okay let's let's talk about this but
0: um, and that is, I think. So you correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, but I think added to those two messages, nines in relation to relationships have such a fear of fragmentation and disconnection yep. that they just keep just keep moving. If I if I get hurt, if I say something, if I, then it's going to cost me the relationship, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, on a little broader. Mm -hmm. range, I want to back up a minute. I should have asked this earlier, but any time's a good time. Do you know the moment, the statement, the sentence, the time when you had the aha moment where you thought, yeah, that's me, I'm a nine?
1: Hmm. Someone actually asked me before even going to a Know Your Number class, we were just talking about the Enneagram, and someone asked me, you know, well, what... (laughs) What, what's your, what do you think about conflict? How do you feel about mm-hmm. conflict? And and I honestly said, I, I, I would do anything to avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that was, that was true. I, I really would. So I think then, so I was like, oh, okay, well, what does that really mean? And mm-hmm. then learning the Enneagram, I was like, oh, well, that's obviously mm-hmm. where I fit because nines want to avoid conflict pretty much at all costs. But I, I think that those, the, the lost, childhood message probably is really what you know what kind of does it um, or did it you know initially like yes that I connect to both to both messages really yeah. that it's not okay to assert myself and that
0: and you know there are numbers that absolutely have no comprehension mm-hmm. of you really believing that it's not okay to assert yourself mm-hmm. aggressive numbers really don't get yeah. that yep what relationships are the biggest challenge for you hmm Home, friendships, intimate relationships, friendships, work relationships, or strangers.
1: Mm-hmm, okay. Um, well, you know, first, I don't really like this question because I'm not, I'm, I know I know, I have friends of all numbers, so of course I'm not going to want to say anything to... Right. Just speaking to how nines feel about yeah, this question. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that probably... The numbers that I have found and continue to find to be just the most challenging for me would probably be ones and threes. And ones because I struggle, and this isn't the case with all ones, but when when there's a one who doesn't own up to their part in, you know a challenge within a relationship and I haven't haven't really even experienced this one-on-one with someone but in conversations with ones about relationships where I'm like no you have a part in that and they won't they won't own up to it mm-hmm. but they just place blame and want to talk mm-hmm. about the other person um that I I struggle with that that's it's hard to it's hard to connect and it's hard to have a real conversation when
0: when that's, that's the case, on. when
1: that's mm-hmm. going on. And I think for threes... Before we move to threes, yep. I
0: want to talk about that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I. Um, it has been said in Enneagram Wisdom for, I guess, I don't know, at least 50 years, that the hardest place to figure out your number is whether or not you're a nine or a one. Mm-hmm. And that it never has come up in conversation with you. I've never heard you speak to it in class or in a workshop or and and mm, so interesting it is very interesting that it doesn't touch you mm.
1: and I have such a strong one wing too
0: yes you do but there's no just no, no conflict for you about which number you are Mm-mm. not with that no no mm. so it's interesting then to mm. me I'm not sure I even know where to take this mm. but I want to just say It's interesting then that ones who don't own their part in things, Mm -hmm. that that's a problem for you.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think the three numbers that are most concerned about justice are eights, nines, and ones. Mm -hmm. But the two numbers that act on that the most are eights and nines in their own way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm guessing that it's a justice issue for you Mm -hmm. when other people don't own their part in things, right? Yeah. All right. Now let's talk about threes.
1: Okay. I think there it's about authenticity, and I, I, I just the struggle of relating when when threes are chasing after an image mm-hmm. or showing up, kind of putting on to to display a certain image. I just I think. As a nine, probably just most nines, we're just real. Yeah. What you see is what you get. What you see is what you get. And, and I just, I, I struggle. I f- end up feeling fake myself because I try to connect there. Mm-hmm. Um, that it just feels, it just feels fake. And I just ha- have such a hard time doing that and being in that situation mm-hmm. that it's just, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, boy, I get that. That I try to... And maybe that's kind of emerging. Like, I'm trying to match that to be present to them, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't feel right. All
0: right. So. Same question. Which are easiest? Um, I think the easiest are,
1: for me, are twos, sixes, and sevens. And I'd say... Maybe for all of those, it's, I feel safe and that I'm able to show up with less judgment and less fear that the other will leave by me saying something or by me, just the way that I'm showing up and being
0: present. So with um, two sixes and sevens, do you feel more like, is, is it easier to say, I want tie? Yes. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. So somehow there's more space there in those relationships for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a little different for each of those. I, sure. think, I think, you know, with twos, you know, the twos in my life make me feel loved and feel special. And mm-hmm. as a nine, that's really, that's important. I think sixes, I feel safe, interestingly enough, I think because they... They do, they ask honest questions Mm -hmm. and they genuinely want to hear your answer Mm -hmm. um, and they have time for that. Mm -hmm. And then sevens, I think, you know, sevens and nines kind of match in that, you know, let's just enjoy life. Let's just, let's just, it's just going to be easy. Mm -hmm. And there's not this fear that there's really going to be any conflict because neither of them want that. And it just, it just makes relationships easy.
0: Yeah. There's um, usually not an underlying current going on either. Right. There's not, yep. There's, there's not some. Other, it's like there's not something else happening. Yep. That it you just is what it is. Yep. Right. right. Yep. In terms of relationships, and the question is what, not who. Okay. In terms of relationships, what breaks your heart? In relationships
1: that I'm a part of, mm-hmm. or hmm. or have been. But not seeing other relationships, but being yeah. a part of. Okay. okay. I, th- you know, I think not being seen, not being seen for who I am.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I want to ask you if this rephrasing works, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't, don't give it to me. Okay. Don't merge with me. Okay. Is not being seen for who I am the same thing, if we we're going to say it in a positive way, as being overlooked? Recently, I had a conversation with Jenny, mm-hmm. our daughter Jenny. Mm-hmm. You know, but everybody else doesn't. Who's a nine? Yep. And she was sharing with me that sometimes, she, it's it's not that she doesn't. It's not just that she doesn't feel like her presence matters. She feels like sometimes when she pops up and and kind of asserts herself, mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter. So she feels kind of overlooked. Mm-hmm. And it made her very sad mm-hmm. to say. That that's how she feels, mm-hmm. which is why I brought that
1: up. Yes, because I think it plays into that belief that my presence mm-hmm. doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it is disheartening. Or I don't remember what term you said that it's what breaks, heart? What breaks my heart. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I think that probably fits for when it when it's hurtful and when it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not being seen or acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's different when it's because I, well I didn't show up well you know of course I'm not gonna be seen or acknowledged because right. I didn't bring anything to the table but when I do and then I'm not seen then it just kind of proves that belief that my presence doesn't matter mm-hmm. so yes I think I think that is true that it's more about yeah, kind it's of just being dismissed. another level yeah I don't matter yes would, would that be true right yeah it's an acknowledging of that being the truth
0: Orientation to time, I keep, you know, I keep just saying, orientation time is really important. Mm-hmm. People need to pay attention to orientation time. Orientation time is really important. I suspect it's not, it, it's not more important anywhere than in relationships, whether or not they're intimate, home, friends, strangers. Work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about that? You know what? Let me tell everybody first. Sure. Three, seven, eight. Orientation to time is the future. One, two, six, orientation to time is the present moment. Four, five, nine, orientation to time is
1: the past. Okay. So here's what I have to say about that. You just said that nine's orientation is the past, and and I know that's true. But I feel like, I I really feel like I oftentimes, because, um, because I'm a nine, I get so caught up in doing what's in front of me doing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. doing, being active, whatever's going on, whatever's happening in the now, being that it seems, it seems like the present would be my focus versus Mm -hmm. the past. So it's for me, I feel like I, I pay more attention to the past when, when I stop all the doing. Yeah. And, and really trying to be mindful about how I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when, when, you know, I, I guess allow the past or the past kind of comes forward and has an impact on that. I don't know if that makes sense, but. It does. It does. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes. So this is the, the last question. Okay. If you could say one thing that we haven't talked about to people who love a nine who want to love a
1: nine well what would it be you know i guess i would just say to love a nine well be present to them and be present to their their journey and maybe their slow journey Mm -hmm. um and
0: oh okay are you mm -hmm. now can i substitute a word sure Maybe. Okay. I like maybe better because <laughs> I don't want you to merge with me. But could it be to be patient with them and to be patient with what might be their slow journey?
1: Yes. And I kind of like present better okay. because patient seems a, like it could be. If it's honest patience, okay, not right. patronizing. Not patronizing. Like, right. Sure. That, that's my only thing. But yes, patient, present, be go along with go along the journey with me as a nine.
0: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna close the show with okay. a challenge for you and for nines. Okay. I am hearing more and more nines talking about being present, mm-hmm. wanting people to be present to them, and wanting to be present to other people. Mm-hmm. And based and not all nines, but a good number of nines, kind of push back when I talk about orientation of time being the past. Mm which you did, Mm live. I think the reason nines are are using the language right now that's culturally picked up but still really good language of be present, be present, be present is because I think that's the mantra that you're intuitively trying to live. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think when people have been in a relationship with a nine for a long time, or if it's a nine that they know well, I think when the nine gets it all going to be present in the moment, People don't expect that that are in a relationship with them and they're not present. So I think mm-hmm. that your thing you wanted to say that hadn't been said is the thing. Be present to me. Mm-hmm. If you stopped being present because I wasn't showing up, yeah. I'm showing up right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you need to keep being present while I come and go until I get this figured out. Yeah. Does that work? Yep. And that's probably where patience comes in. <laughs>
1: so that's good. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, you know, I think you um, are just terrific. Thank you for giving me and everybody this time. Just look at the mind
1: of the Sure. Here we okay. The Enneagram Journey podcast is produced by Life and the Trinity Ministry. Music is provided by Solve Lighthouse. Professional photography is courtesy of Courtney Perry. We invite you to visit theenneagramjourney.org for more information and we welcome your
0: questions and comments. Thank you for being with us today.